Greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 16 of the Gabe Diplomat Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and man, it's been a while since we've talked, hasn't it? <laughs> Thanks for hanging around and sticking with me. Uh, my family has a wonderful new baby girl, and my new job is going great. So I hope you're doing well, too. But today, I want to tell you all about how I became good friends with a dwarf accountant who can sniff out treasure and just loves to dive onto traps so he takes the full hit so I don't have to. He's he's a nice friend like that. Thanks, buddy. Oh, and uh, sorry you got eviscerated on my behalf. Next round's on me. So it all happened in Dungeon Rushers, a retro-looking dungeon crawler where you recruit a group of adventurers, level them up like you do in an RPG, and then go out and conquer dungeons with them. But all that is before you start building up your own dungeons to trip up other players. It was all created by Goblin Studio, and it was released on Steam and mobile in September 2016. So first, let's take a look at how you play Dungeon Rushers. So, you have your characters, and you take them to dungeons. And when you enter a dungeon, you just see the room you're standing in. Nothing else. You can see the directions you travel in, but it's all darkness other than that. So you choose a direction, and you step into the room, and you hope it's not filled with horrible monsters, traps, or cursed idols, or anything like that. And your adventurers, of course, have some special abilities to deal with problems if you run into them. Like like I said, the dwarf accountant can dive onto a trap and take the hit so that no one else does. Or uh, the rogue can disarm traps. Or maybe peek around corners and see what lies ahead. So you don't have to go in totally blind. But at some point, you're just going to have to bash the evil skeletons or goblins or whatever other ghouls are in the dungeons with your swords or fists or magic powers. Your weapons, right? Combat is simple turn-based RPG stuff where you take turns choosing one of three abilities on each of your characters to use, uh, and then you just try to take down the enemy fight. And th kind of the there's basic positioning, front line, back line, and it blocks line of sight and that sort of stuff, but it's nothing too crazy or complex. So as you clear through the dungeon, taking out traps and monsters, you'll eventually find the key or whatever it is you need to snag that big treasure chest that, it's the, that is at the end of each dungeon. Oh, and you have to find the treasure chest too. <laughs> so you grab the treasure and you hop out, and then boom, you beat the dungeon. But that's only a small little part of the battle in this game. Like any good RPG, you're upgrading your characters, you're crafting items, you're buying things from vendors, you're completing quests, uh, you're leveling up, you're choosing skills for your characters... All that sort of stuff to get them stronger so you can take on the next set of challenges and take on the next dungeons. So that's kind of the core gameplay, which probably isn't very surprising for a game that is literally called Dungeon Rushers. You're rushing through dungeons. What? But there's no time requirement or anything like that. You don't have to rush through it. So maybe it's a little misleading in that way. This is a turn-based game, right? Nice and relaxing. Alright, so let's talk about five reasons you should play Dungeon Rushers right now. Reason number one, you trap other players in your dungeon. Okay, so that, that sounded a little more serial killery than I expected. It looked good on paper. It sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Um, but this is easily the most compelling part of the game, and it's really the reason why I'd enthusiastically recommend Dungeon Rushers to someone. If you just want a turn-based RPG, you could probably do better. Um, it's fine, it's good. But, if you want to build a dungeon that other players have to fight their way through, Dungeon Rushers is 100% recommended. It's a great game. So, building your own dungeon is super easy. 
you throw down little tiles because everything's grid based so those little squares so you throw down square tiles to build the pathways dead ends all that sort of stuff throw down doors that need keys or traps that trigger when you walk into them monsters that ambush people or you know switches that turn on something else open doors somewhere else in the dungeon uh you could do anything right signs with text to taunt your victims which is super fun or you know use the signs to give them clues to help solve puzzles if you're feeling friendly um but there are limits on how much you can put in a dungeon, and the size of the dungeon that you make and how many monsters you put in it will get it auto-classified, essentially. Like, you know, like, how boxer, how boxing has, like, weight divisions? I don't know enough about boxing to know what those weight divisions are, but, like, lightweight and heavyweight. Based on the dungeon you build, your dungeon gets automatically categorized, so it's like, okay, this is a small dungeon. Or, hey, you've built this monster, huge dungeon that's really hard. Uh, so players can know kind of what they're getting into when they go in. And then, so when you head into a PvP arena, you get paired with another player around your rank because you say, hey, I want to fight. And the little bartender there goes, I'll find you somebody to fight. Uh, he doesn't speak. Me might. Actually, I didn't. Maybe he does. Maybe he has a cool bartender voice. What's a cool bartender voice? I don't know. I'm terrible at accents. Uh, let's try a dwarf one. Hey, you, you want someone to fight? <laughs> that was a terrible dwarf. Uh, please. Don't ever listen to this part of the podcast. I hope everybody's episode just skipped 30 seconds because, like, their car hit a bump or something. Does that still work with MP3 players? It worked with CD players. Probably not MP3 players. Anyways, let's move on. (laughs) So, you get a partner, like an opponent, matched against you based on your rank. And you have to play through their dungeon. And you can play through it right away. You try and find their treasure room. That's the goal. Every dungeon has to have a treasure room at the end. And some of them are really tricky, right? People can be incredibly devious when they need to be. <laughs> so like me, um, I just like playing mind games with people, right? So my dungeon has a fork in the road right at the very beginning and a sign there. And all it says is go up. And if you do go up, you step on a trap. And if you keep going, you step on another trap and another trap. <laughs> but if you continue through this trap train uh, and just outside of scouting range, so I make sure you can't use your scouting ability and see it, the treasure room's right there. And it's all you need to do is like go through a couple traps and you get there. But at first, the traps are going to make you think the sign was a liar, right? Uh, and there's no monsters that way at all. But if you ignore the sign and you go down, <laughs> they have to fight through a long series of monsters and doors that need keys that leads to other doors that need more keys that are guarded by more monsters. And it just goes on and on and on and on until it just sort of ends <laughs> at a sign at a dead end that just says, you should have gone up, buddy. It doesn't say buddy. I should probably add buddy. I feel like it should say buddy. It just says you should have gone up. And I'm sure like half the people that complete this dungeon, like I'm just going to lose half my PvP matches immediately because people will go up and it'll be the easiest dungeon they've ever done in their life. But that doesn't bother me because deep in my heart, I know that at least one person out there will curse the heavens when they fight all the way to that final sign at the end of the longest and most perilous dungeon crawl of their entire lives. Uh, It just makes me smile. So, so if anyone has already played this game and happened to cross this dungeon, because my rank is pretty low, so you'd encounter it pretty quickly, um, sorry about that. But rest assured that your rage is matched in equal parts by my delight. So that that makes it good, right? Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? All right, so so you you play through your opponent's dungeon and you succeed or fail, and then your opponents get a chance to play through your dungeon. And winning your fight kind of moves you up in the ranks, and losing moves you down. Pretty simple. And hey, pro tip, if you have ever wanted to be at the top of a game's PvP ladder ranking, 
Dungeon Rushers is a pretty good option. So I've only done one PvP challenge this week, and it put me at the number 385 player in the world. Played one match. One. Number 385 in the world. <laughs> so there just aren't a ton of people playing PvP in this game right now. So I think you could climb up the ladder very quickly. Like, the top 50 players go all the way down to, like, silver rank 5 or something like that. And so it's silver, gold, platinum, I think. So just to be in the top 50, you just have to be in silver. You start in bronze. Like, you just have to fight your way out of bronze, and you're in the top 50 in the world. So that's pretty good. Uh, so there you go. If you ever wanted bragging rights, this could be a good game. All right, reason number two. It's not all scary combat PvP stuff, right? So I led with that because I think it's the most unique part of the game and probably the most interesting. And if you're into that sort of thing, awesome. But... There's a lot of other really cool dungeon building stuff. Uh, so there are four categories that you can put your dungeon into. Fun, challenging, story, or puzzle. And there are a lot of tools to support all of those. Like there's speech bubbles and signs. You can tell some pretty interesting stories with those. And if you're into puzzles, I mean they have switches and portals and doors and keys. Um, it's pretty much all kind of the core essence pieces that you need to build interesting puzzles. And then builders that want to avoid combat entirely can absolutely do that, right? You can still spend dozens of hours tinkering, tinkering away in the dungeon builder without having to do combat. But if you do want to do combat, you can create some really cool fights. I've, I've gotten really upset with opponents who have come up with really clever ways to combine different monsters and positioning to actually make it really hard to take them down. It's really fun. Um, so, in fact, actually, Dungeon Rushers uses the Steam Workshop. So you can share your dungeons directly through there, and you can download and play. I just looked before I recorded this. There are over 5,000 maps available for free right now. And like we know in any game where players build content, like most of those 5,000 maps are probably awful or pretty generic. But there's going to be some really good ones. And, of course, Steam Workshop has all the rankings and stuff, so you know which ones are popular and rated high, so you can go straight for the good stuff. And there's definitely going to be some good stuff in there. All right, reason number three. The campaign is just fun and lighthearted, right? Dungeon Rusher's humor, it's sometimes subtle, and I wasn't really sure if it was poking fun at RPG cliches initially or, like, accidentally, like, do, doing them, right? Like, just doing cliche things or poking fun at them. But over time, I, I learned its sense of humor. It is definitely just fun. Uh, as soon as the, the accountant that I got uh, that was sent to audit my dungeon business, because in the game world... Everything's about, like, businesses running dungeons to earn money. Like, it's this interesting idea where all the dungeons you're going into are built as, like, businesses for adventurers. And adventurers are, like, the clients. Um, so you get an accountant early on that comes to audit your business. And as, he as soon as he turned out to be a drunken dwarf warrior with an ability called Accountant's Flare that lets him sm literally smell treasure, <laughs> um, I knew it was goofy humor. And then, of course, after him, the bard comes along and he's playing terrible music he can't like he can't get a job as a bard but hey playing terrible music is useful for hurting enemies in dungeons and demoralizing them right so you bring him on and you can get an 80s metal band outfit for him which i absolutely did get for him <laughs> uh, it just made me smile it's really fun so the humor i mean it isn't particularly innovative or groundbreaking or edgy but it's consistent it's silly and it kept me smiling the whole time and the campaign itself, I mean, has a nice flow. It's not just lighthearted fun. It's, it has a nice, uh, it's a good campaign. So you basically proceed through a list of dungeons, and it's on a map, um, but it's linear. And they get harder, and you encounter each new adventure on the fly, right? So you only start with yourself. 
and then your party starts growing. Sometimes you have to defeat people to recruit them to your crew. Sometimes they show up wanting to help, and your your team gets larger and stronger as you go along. And each of those people that join the party have unique abilities in combat and for dungeon exploring, like being able to sniff out treasure, being able to disarm certain traps, or just punching people in the face. That's a talent too, right? So you're gearing them up, crafting new items, getting ingredients, learning new recipes, uh, all that sort of stuff. And you're just spending points and skill trees, right? You're customizing their play style, their abilities, all the typical RPG stuff. It's just a, it's a good, solid campaign. Reason number four. Heroic mode makes it fun to actually replay levels, uh, which is not always true in many RPGs. It's not very fun to replay the levels once you kind of know the trick. Uh, but each dungeon you encounter in Dungeon Rushers comes with three bonus challenges. Uh, things like don't use any heal healing potions, or defeat every monster, or avoid all traps. So these are basically like quests you can complete while you're in the dungeon, and you don't have to do them all at once. I try to, right, because it's more efficient, you go faster. But sometimes it's like defeating all monsters and don't use any healing potions. That's just too hard for me to do. I'm sure someone can do it. I can't do it. So I'll just focus on one, and the next time try another one. Another time, don't use like any of your out-of-combat abilities. And so that means you can't uh, explore, scout out. You just have to go blind into every room. And it makes the playthrough of each time feel really different. And you're worried about different things, whether you're worried about not getting a KO or, or not getting uh, any sort of hits or anything like that. So completing all three of those quests opens up the heroic mode version of that dungeon. It's harder and it has a big reward. So it's a great way to kind of... If you get stuck, go back and play through these heroic modes on dungeons you've already beaten to earn more boosts and points and stats and stuff to boost up your characters so you can beat the future challenges. So I think I've played through every dungeon in the game like four or more times, and it felt like each run was different and fun. All right, reason number five, epic castles. So in case you wanted more dungeons inside your dungeons with dungeons in those dungeons, <laughs> the devs have tossed a whole heap load of castles into a mix. So the castles are kind of like big dungeons uh, it's like meta dungeons essentially so you have to progressively beat five usually like five dungeon levels in a row as you fight your way up to the top of the castle and at the top is the big reward and all that sort of stuff um oh yeah and actually i guess speaking of rewards some of the best stuff you get out of these castles and just from playing through the campaign is you unlock the ability to place new rooms or monsters or traps in your own dungeons that you build so you start with just some basic uh, monsters, other limitations. You can't put so many rooms, that sort of stuff. Uh, but as you progress through the campaign and score some sweet treasure chests from castles, you access a lot more stuff that you can put in there uh, to build your own stuff to tell cooler stories or trap people in PvP and maniacally laugh as they go down instead of up. Futilely. For hours. One of these days I'm going to get through an episode of Game Diplomat without doing a maniacal laugh on the show. I don't know what it is, but it just keeps coming up. All right, did you hear the sweet VO in that audio right there? <laughs> the little brr, brr, anytime someone talks, it's just the classic JRPG thing, right? No voiceovers. All right. So if Dungeon Rusher sounds fun to you, you can buy it for 15 bucks on Steam, or $4 on Apple iOS, or $3 on Android. So basically what I'm saying is, if you like playing mobile games, buy it there. Because <laughs> it's like, what, like 30% of the price, 20% of the price? Uh, it's This game is an incredible deal at just a couple of bucks, right? 
It's a little harder to recommend at $15 on Steam, but even then, I, th I still think it's worth it. And I, I do really enjoy having the mouse when building dungeons, so I've been playing it on Steam. Uh, but the, the interface does seem like it'd be great for mobile. Uh, so links to the store and all that sort of stuff is on gamedipmat.com if you want to pick it up, along with everything else we talked about here and a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. And Goblin Studio was nice enough to send us one key to give away on the show, so thank you to them for that. And all you have to do to enter the contest to win a key is answer this trivia question, which is not, not an exploration ability in Dungeon Rushers. Accountant's Flare, hint, I talked about that one earlier on the show. Uh, saboteur, lullaby, blood frenzy, or ambidexterity. So send your guests to me. You email, Twitter, and Discord links are all on gamedipmat.com. However you want to reach me, it counts. And if you enjoyed the show, you can tell your friends about us. Leave a review on iTunes or join our Discord server and Steam group. By the way, we've been playing a lot of co-op games in our Discord group lately because I've been out on paternity leave. <laughs> so if you're looking for people to play with or just want to hear about the new games that I'm trying before they make it onto the podcast and the and some of the games that don't make it onto the podcast but are still okay and might might be your kind of thing if it might be like your niche that you're really into so come join us on discord that'd be a lot of fun you can also donate money to support the show on gamediplomat.com forward slash donate but no matter what thanks for spending your time with us i hope you found a fun new game to play in the next episode of game diplomat we'll talk about Northguard, a viking rts that downplays the micromanaging and cranks up the strategy we'll see you then